Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, I got a good one for you today, folks. Lance from Connecticut is joining me today. He's a big Boston Bruins fan like me, so let's get the show started. Hey, Lance, what are your thoughts on the Bruins play in the bubble? <sighs> Where to begin? It, it was pretty. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, I thought that the the lack of effort that was apparent in what were considered to be the seeding games, um, where they didn't get a single win out of it, was just god awful. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that they, you know if they were, I don't know what they were doing. It was a case of they didn't want to be there. They weren't prepared. If it was, they were trying to choke to in in the seeding games to get an easier first round matchup. But it was bad. And, you know, when you go into a situation like that in, in any team sport, you can't just turn it on and expect it to be there. You have to go into it with momentum. And I think that they were they benefited from having the first round matchup they did. But having their seating drop from being one to four because of their performance in the seating games basically put them in a position where they were going to have to deal with Tampa Bay much sooner rather than get farther down the road before you have to face them in the conference final. So I don't, I wasn't really happy with it. Um, obviously they disposed of Carolina with relative ease, but Carolina wasn't that good. And I don't even think they were as good of a club as they were last year. No, they weren't. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to, to have that go the way that it did, I mean, and then when you look at the, the Tampa series, there's all different things you can dissect there, isn't there? I mean, oh, yeah, there you know, is. Do you, do, you know, do you, you know, you can, how much of this do you blame on Tuca not playing? How much of it do you, pl- do you blame on the coaches or, and or the front office not splitting the workload with Halak a little bit better? Yeah. You know, I, I think that I understand the risk you're taking when you when you're gonna play a rookie like Vladar in that situation when he's your backup. But I think that when you had that back to back situation, um, and you'd already won the first game, game two would have been the perfect opportunity to plug him in because it's house money. You're not putting too much pressure on him. You're basically telling him, All right, you're gonna play. Here's the deal. Go out and do your best. And from a club perspective, if you come out to it, if, if he comes out of it and he plays well and you're two, up two to O, oh, your house money. 
if he goes and he loses or doesn't do very well, well, at worst you're tied, but you've got your 35-year-old starting goaltender now because of Rask departing, Yep, having full rest to come back in game three and, and get you a lead and, and perform the way you'd expect them to perform. So obviously that didn't work out too well for them, not playing him. And the other thing that I didn't get in that whole thing was the dressing seven defensemen. Why did you, there was no need to do that. Well, especially, like, you know, especially when one of them, yeah. one, one of the guys you took out was Clifton, who was yeah. playing pretty well yeah. at that point. Right. Why did you take him out and put Lausanne and John Moore in? Yeah. It made sense. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I think that, it, you know, the, the whole, the whole situation seemed like a comedy of errors. I think that I almost want to say they seemed the coaching staff didn't seem like it had a good plan. It didn't seem like it had a plan at all. It just, it literally felt when you got to the Tampa series that they were just slinging spaghetti on the wall to see if anything would stick. Yes. That's a good one. It just didn't, it just didn't really, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like they knew quite what they were doing, which is unusual for this organization. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm disappointed with it. Um, but my, my opinion is, is they, they really didn't seem like they wanted to be there Yeah. at the end. So, well, I mean, you know, not, not yeah. to go off on too much of a tangent, but I made the comment to you earlier that two Boston teams went into bubbles and one of them has played like it wanted to be there from the get go and is still doing so. Yes. So, it also didn't help that guys like Bergeron didn't, it's like Bergeron what showed up like once or twice in that in the whole playoffs. Yeah, a, the, the, it looked like the first line was in, was, was to coat to 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 make an old Boston pun. It looked like they had their skates in molasses. Yeah, um, you know I think that um, there were there are certain things that were definitely exploited there. Um, it was pretty clear that Pasternak wasn't healthy. Yeah. It was pretty clear that Bergeron was, for whatever reason, not entirely up to the task. Um, and we had the infamous Krejci line with a vacant wing, because that's what it's had for all intent and purpose, in my opinion, since Lucic skipped town. Yep, you're right. They have not had a consistent winger on that line. So when that's the case and you've neutralized the second line, and the third and fourth lines do what they do. You don't expect offense from them. You expect them to eat minutes, play defense, et cetera. That just enables the opposing defense to hone in on your first line and shut them down, which is very easy to do when two of them really aren't playing at 100%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, do I do I put all this on Bergeron? No. no, I mean I think there's there's a few factors here. I think that he's getting older. Yep, he's got a lot of mileage on him for his age because he's, you know, let's face it, during most of his career, they've been a playoff team and they usually go pretty deep. Yeah, you're um, right. So it's there's mileage there, and I think that, um, you know, Pasternak. I don't know. He strikes me, and I don't know what your view on this is. He strikes me as a bit of a head case. Yeah. I think he's got a little diva to him to the extent that, like, the stunt that he pulled where he was working out off-site and he had to quarantine and he couldn't work out with the club 
when they were still practicing at Warrior? I mean, what what's the deal with that? Uh, You're basically working out with your buddies at some random rink in Malden someplace. Yes. Instead of being with your teammates. And then because of the fact you did that, you've got to quarantine before they'll let you in. Yeah. And it just seemed like a little, it's something, something stunk to me, something stunk there from the get go. You're right. Yeah. So especially with the, the amount of money he's getting paid. Eee. Yeah. He's, um, I so, don't know. I don't know about him. You know, when I first saw that whole entire thing and I said, oh, the bro- you know, the young kid's going to make a mistake. But then, you know, they go into this, they go into the bubble and he basically lays an egg. You know, keeps fall- every time he shot the puck, he fell down. You know what? You can't. I, I don't go with the, the, the young kid makes a mistake nonsense anymore. How long has he been in the league? About, about three or four years now. He's not a young kid anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, and of course, the last person, I mean, you're keeping him around, but the mm. last quote unquote young kid we had made, that made mistakes is now playing in the Stanley Cup finals. That's right. With That's this true. team having precious little to show for what they got for him, by the way. Yeah. Like nothing. They, <laughs> yeah, nobody's here. Nope. Because they all, they all were shipped out someplace else. Or they signed as a free agent in, I believe, one of them went to Vancouver. They got garbage in that trade. Yeah, they, they could have got gotten, garbage in that trade. They could have gotten more in that one. That's that that should have been. I mean, I can see you wanted some NHL bodies. Yeah, but that should have been like high. That should have been first round picks, like a lot, like a good number of them. Yeah, I mean, Louis Erickson was a nice player in his prime, but he was not anywhere close to to filling any needs that they had. And, and I think that. I think they botched it. I mean, I, I don't know why they felt it was obviously a Chirelli slash Neely decision, but yeah, unless we digress, it's it's ancient history now. Yeah. But you know, it, it it's sort of as a as a Bruins fan, it's rather annoying to see that Sagan's got is in the finals, has a shot in another cup, and oh yeah, by the way, Dallas's starting goaltender in the go, in the in the playoffs is Hudobin. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and if you want to throw in another nexus to there, who's their head coach? Rick Bonus. <laughs> Mike Milbury's hand-chosen successor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think about Chara? Does he retire or does he come around for one more year? Well, do I think what there's there's two that's a it's, there's two points to that for me. I think he should retire. I yeah. think it's time. I think he's 43 years old. He's got a lot, you know, there's a lot of mileage on there. And I don't know if, you know, I, I would literally say that they should almost talk him out of it. I think that they're, I think that the team, the team is in a tough spot. Yeah. Cause he's become an icon. Yep. Right. So if he wants to play, you're probably, if you're Sweeney or Neely, you're almost obligated to give him a contract because I do think to an extent the fan base would be crying bloody murder if you let him walk and he goes to another team. Yep. Um, I think he should retire. I don't think he's got enough left. 
And I think it's time that Bergeron gets the captaincy. And I think it's time that we see whether or not um, somebody like McAvoy is capable of being a number one defenseman. Yes. Because that that's what you're looking at here. If, if Chara goes, Chara, no matter what his age was, no matter what his status was, whether he was playing penalty kill or not playing the power play as had been the case for the past couple of years, he's always going to be the number one defenseman. Yeah. It's, that's just the mindset. Um, and I, I don't know. I wish, I wish he'd retire, but I don't, I don't know. You know, there's, and he doesn't have a lot of the thing with this particular season, the way that it's gone, he doesn't have a lot of time to make up his mind. No, know? he has no, he hasn't. Cause the yeah. season, the season and well, the finals, I believe end in like a week or two. Yeah. Then you have free agency starts up October 9th. Mm-hmm. And then there's the draft. And then at one point it was like the beginning of December they were looking at starting the season. Now I don't know if that's the regular season or the preseason. Yeah. And then there was some talk about starting the season on January 1st and kicking it all off with the uh Winter Classic. Well, that would probably, from a from a marketing standpoint and a TV perspective, that would probably make the most sense. But I guess the the you know the Winter Classic loses a little bit of bite if there's not going to be fans there, doesn't it? Yeah, but, right. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I I read something similar, um, you know, and it, they want to get it going probably around the the beginning of the. Or they want to get training camp going, I guess, by the beginning of December and then have the regular season start mid-December or whatever. But, I mean, who knows at this point? Um, you know, I'd like to see it happen. But Charter, getting back to Charter, I don't think he's got a lot of time to, to – or and the Bruins, really. They, they don't – whatever plan that, that Neely and company seem that they seem, seem to have to want to put in play – they need to figure it out pretty quick and implement it because there's not a lot of time to drag your feet. If it's going to be the season ends in October, you know, that you, you start drafting, trading, signing free agents in October for, for a training camp. That's going to start at the beginning of December. Yeah. You don't have a lot of time. No, you don't. I mean, I guess one benefit of being out of the playoffs now is that they've had a little extra time to try and have those conversations and formulate a plan more so than the teams that are still playing. But, I don't know. I, I think I think they. I don't know whether or not they realize it, but I almost feel like this organization's at a crossroads right now. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that the window is still open on this group for this group. I just don't. Um, I think the cap comes into play. There's not a lot you can do. Um, I think that the age of the core players comes into play. How much longer do you think you're going to get out of guys like Krejci and Bergeron and, and, you know, to a lesser extent, Marchand? Yeah. He's starting to creep up there a little bit in, in age two. Yeah. Um, I think you've got some questions about your goaltender past this year. Yeah. You've got some questions about your goaltender going into the year. Yes. Um, Rask is kind of a, a Rask shouldn't have been a wild card, but between one thing and another, it's kind of turned into that. Yeah, it has. Well, and, still, and we're still trying to figure out why he left. 
You know, what was yeah. the emergency and, you know, do we cut the guy a break? Well, I would say that whatever's going on is significant. And I would say that the given the the constant reinforcement that he's had from the organization in terms of supporting his decision, the fact that there really hasn't been any any mumbling or gripe, griping that's kind of hit the internet or the, or the media. Typically, if a guy's screwing around or playing games, you're going to hear about it. Someone's someone's going to leak something. Someone's going to get chatty about something, either on the Bruins internally or on other clubs where people might be in a position to be in the know. That hasn't happened here. So whatever's going on with Rask, you know, I mean, let's face it, going back to Sagan, it yeah. came out why they moved them. Yeah. Right. Spending a little too much time down in the BU dorms, I understood. <laughs> um, you know, he's in a little more, a little more fun and a little less work. Yeah. Usually when that kind of stuff, if there, if, you know, if there's, if there's something like that out there where it's material or it's kind of sketchy, it's going to hit the, it's people are going to know about it. This hasn't been that. And I'm inclined to think that whatever it is with Rask, it's, you know, it's probably legitimate. Now he's going to get lambasted in the media and by the fan base because he's not talking about it. Do right. you talk about it or do you not talk about it? And if you're Rask and, and knowing a little bit, seeming to, to what we've seen of his personality, I don't think he really gives a rat's ass if the fans are PO'd at him or not. Yeah. I think he knows what he's, you know, I think he knows what he's doing. He's making the choices he has to make for himself and putting his family first. And if it is a family issue, like we're, we're hearing it is, you can't question that. Right. But, you know, you know, I, I think that you're, you're looking at what do you do with, you know, it's another question. Got another year on the contract. What do you do with them? I would say, keep them, let them play but out the contract. I think you, yeah. But I think beyond that, do, do you, do you resign him? Does he walk away from the sport after that contract is over? If right. whatever's going on with his uh, with his family is is that significant? Yeah, um, you know, and and you know, this is a, it does seem to be whatever it is. It's a repeating issue, right? Because he's been away for the club from the club a couple of times because of it. I think. Yes. Needed, so it's right. It's like that. So if you know it's a recurring problem, which means you could go into next year and the same thing could happen again. You might have to take another, you know, leave or whatever, in which case, you know, you're literally looking at, okay, if it's that bad, does he, is he done? Yeah. Cause that's, you're, you're in your contract year. And if this thing, and the, the, the contract year is the, the year that you really don't want this crap happening because you're trying to get paid for the next contract. contract. Yeah. So if you're planning on sticking around, it's a bit of a mess. But I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough one for them. Because then you also have to think about the the future of the goaltending of the Bruins. You know, I know you also have Halak for one more year, but mm-hmm. then where do you go from there? Do you go and sign a free? You know, do you sign Rask? Do you sign Halak? Or do you just start fresh and go out and get a, um, you know, a free agent goaltender and give one of the young kids? a shot like Vladar or there's this other kid coming in who played, who played really well for Maine. Uh, I think his name is Jeremy Swayman. 
you know, so you have a whole bunch of like young guys in the pipeline, but where do you go from, you know, after next season with both Halak and Rask coming up, uh, 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 contract expiring? Yeah, you, you, you do. And I think that you're, I think that you probably, you know, when you, when you have a sort of a, a passing off of a torch like this, if you want to talk about, it, you know, the, the thing that comes into mind is, and I, and I hate to bring them into any type of a conversation, but I think back to when Henrik Lundqvist became the starter on the Rangers. Yeah. Sometimes you, and I believe he's, who did he supplant? Was it Kevin Weeks was the goal, was the starter? Oh. And then they brought him up to be the backup and he outplayed weeks. Yeah. You know, goaltending is weird that way because you can't, I would think that from a Bruins perspective, the smartest thing for them to do would probably be to let one of the kids have a shot and you go out and you sign someone that's just slightly better than an average backup. Yeah. Kind of hedge your bets. Yeah. I don't want to see them lock up a lot of cap space on a goaltender anymore yeah and and i think if you look at the trends around the league that's more or less kind of what's happened the goaltenders aren't getting you know if you look at because i think rask and lundquist signed their contracts at about the same time for about the same money yeah and if you ask the rangers if you thought if they thought that was a good idea right now they would probably tell you no yeah and I, you know, I, Rask at the time was granted he's younger, but, you know, his contract was probably about the right term. And if you look at what other teams have done, nobody's got, if you look at those two guys, I don't really think any goalies have gotten those types of contracts. I mean, I think, I think Rene may have gotten paid pretty well by Nashville. Yeah. And I don't think, but like, Chicago won the cup how many times with Crawford and they never paid that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it's just, you know, but they invested their money in making sure that they kept and paid, you know, the Keiths and the Seabrooks and, 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 you know, that, you know, Taze, Kane, whatever. Yeah. And they just said, you know what, we're going to pay the skaters and we're just going to go with a goaltender that's just good enough. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You know, but I think for, for the Bruins, yeah, you're going to have Halak and Rask for next year. I think that somewhere along the line, you've got to have a look at a consistent look at some of the prospects. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could probably, tr- then, then it's, what do you do? You can't, do you carry three goaltenders? Yeah. That's or right. not. No. Right? So then, Okay, well, maybe you can unload. You, you can't unload Rask because I think he's got an MS, an NMC. Yeah. You know, but you could probably move Halak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Somebody you're probably right. Take Halak as a backup, and you then you have a you have a chance to have a look at at at, uh, at, at uh, Ladar, but or yeah. the other kid. But yeah. you, you're at a point where you have to, though. Yeah, because we don't. don't... Think we don't want to live in the days of John Blue and Vincent Riendo John and Casey. John Casey, Blaine uh, Locker, Blaine Locker. Um, who else? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, the net detective. Bill, Bill Ranford Redux. Yes. No. Byron Defoe, Rob Tallis. Yeah, we don't want to go down there. I told you my Bill Ranford story, right? No. What was the Bill Ranford story? Bill Ranford story. 
So years ago, I lived in Massachusetts and I lived in Gloucester, which, you know, for, for those that don't, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, The Perfect Storm, it was set there. Um, beautiful place. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. So I was at a star market. I had to go there. Of all things, I think I ran out of milk. Forgot. I was there for something. I needed something. So it was late, but it was late on a weeknight. And um, and I'm, I'm kind of half asleep because it's late. And it was pretty late. I mean, I think that the, the store at the time closed at 11. So I think this was like 1030 at night. And there was nobody in there. And I walked down the, I'm walking down the aisle as, you know, and I, I looked, I happened to glance down and I see this guy and I'm like, that looks like Bill Ranford. So, and I looked, got looked closer and I'm like, it is Bill Ranford. And the only thing he was doing was buying, like, he had like, he must've bought like four cases of Pepsi. That's all he had in his cart. It was the weirdest thing ever. But like, I went up to him and I'm like, hey, he's like, I, you know, I talked to him for a couple of minutes, really nice guy. Um, but by that point he couldn't, you know, <laughs> that, that was sort of during the, uh, oh, that was the, uh, the, the Casper, the friendly ghost era. Oh yeah. That wasn't a very, I think that was the year that they got, uh, I think that was his second year as coach. I, I, it was that year, that, that era was depressing. It was probably like the worst coach I think they ever had in my lifetime. Yeah. Cause those were the, um, what was it? Oh, you had Stevie Hines, Teddy Donato, oh, yeah. that were kind of keying the offense. Um, unfortunately, you were in the, the last throws of, of Neely's career because he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, but they had uh, Rick Tockett was on that team. That's right. Wasn't yeah. Ali Afraidy on that team, or was that, that – that was earlier in the 90s? Um, I think he was gone by then. All right. He was yeah. done by then because – I'm just thinking of years and I lived in Gloucester between 96 and 97. It's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it was, it was that season. Okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you're, you're right. Cause I think yeah. that was Jason Allison, Anson Carter. Yep. We're, we're yep. in that mix yep. because I think yep. they came, I think they came over with Jim Carrey from well, Washington. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Allison from the Oats trade? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think so. Carter was too. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, those were some depressing years there. Um, you know, I, I think that it picked up a little bit a couple of years after that. Cause what year was it? They, well, they, then they hired Pat Burns and that kind of cleaned things up for a while. That was, when was they, that? um, yeah, that, that was old. That was a, that was that like ninety. I believe that was like just after Casper got got fired. They brought. I want to say Pat Burns came in in 90, 90, 97. Yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight season. I think. Okay, so this was this was definitely the ninety six, ninety seven season. Yeah. So this was definitely Casper's last stand. <laughs> yeah, that was the. That was yeah. also the year uh, that they uh, drafted. Thornton. Thornton and Samson off. Uh, yep. Because Sam, um, Thornton was the first overall pick, and Samson off was the eighth overall pick that they that the Bruins got from Hartford for yep. Glenn we- for Glenn Wesley. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> God, they hated him in Boston. 
Well, when you miss the when you miss an open net during the Stanley Cup Finals against Edmonton, come on. Yeah, but I mean they they hated him for all the reasons. I mean I went the first Bruins game I ever went to was opening night of the ninety one ninety two season. I had just moved up that way, and it was against the Rangers. And um, when they did, so I was lucky enough. I'll never forget it because I, I never thought I'd get into the game. And then I went down and hung out in front of the garden and I was like looking for scalpers. And I waited until after they really kind of everybody was in. And I found a guy that was willing to get rid of a ticket for 10 bucks. Wow. I got it. <laughs> and I went in. So it was the first game. It was the first game I'd ever been to. Um, and I got into my seat and they're doing going through and they're doing the, the opening night lineups and they got to Glenn Wesley and he got booed. Oh, wow. I mean, they, they crucified him, and, uh, you know, there were some really not nice things heckled at him during the game. <laughs> um, you know, it, they, they, you know, when he, when he handled the puck, he got like, there was one play, he had a pass and he was trying to hit, he was trying to hit a forward going up the wing. Yeah. And he didn't hit it hard enough. And one of the Rangers picked it off in, in, in the middle of the pass. And they just, I mean, they just booed him. Wow. It was just brutal. I mean, wow. uh, yeah, they, they hated him. He had to go. Yeah. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of defensemen, how about mm-hmm. Tory Krug? Does, is, is, do the Bruins, does he resign with the Bees? Or, you know, is he going to take his money and, and run? Well, what do you think? I think he's earned the right to go to the highest bidder is what I think. Yeah. Now I don't know what their cap situation is going into the year. I read something the other day that they're going to have about 15 million to play with, but they do have to sign other people that they have to keep. I guess DeBrusque isn't, is also an RFA and they've yeah. got some other concerns with that. I don't know. Krug's going to get paid. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I think if it was next year, they'd probably be in a better position to lock him up. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I'd rather see that if you've got Chara going one way or the other, he's almost done. Yeah. You've got to get somebody on that back line with a little size. You don't have to have all big defensemen all big defensemen because the league's gone to more of a speed configuration and there aren't that many really big guys anymore. Yeah. But it also, you know, when you look at the way that, that the, that the, uh, the Stanley cup final last year went down and to a lesser extent, the, 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 the series against Tampa Bay this year, those guys got out muscled a lot. The lack of size on the back end showed. Yeah. Not to have, other than Chara, they don't really have. I mean, McAvoy's a pretty big guy. Yeah. They don't have anybody besides that. I mean, you know, Grizzlick, um, Clifton, Krug. Clifton's a little. Cl- Clifton's a little uh, is, plays a heavier game. Yeah. I noticed that with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, and I think you still have some upside on Lozon. I think he. You've got to get him. He. You've got to get him some regular minutes to see whether or not you've got anything there. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he's gonna be back. Nope. I think Krug's. A, I think Krug's a goner. 
Yeah. I just, yeah. I'd be, I would be surprised if they worked something out, but I, I think that, you know, and that goes in, a lot of that goes into the, when do you start the rebuild, right? Yep. Exactly. You know, when do you start the rebuild? Because you got the guys get the, the core is getting older. And I, like I said earlier that I think the window is starting to close a little bit. When, how do you go about it? Who do you move? Who do you not resign? You know, who do you look to trade? I mean, do you make do you make a decision this year to start the rebuild? Do you go all in on this year and say we're going for it one more time and then we're going to rebuild? Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, they are definitely at a at a crossroads. I don't think it's a. Uh, there are the, the the decisions that have to be made are not as clear cut and easy as they were in previous seasons. You're right. Just not. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean. And, and I don't know, you know, if, if, if it, when you go for the rebuild, do you do it in phases? Do you do an all-out tank like um, the Rangers or Edmonton have done? Uh, Buffalo, I mean, the yeah. problem with tanking is is that some, we, we've seen in cases in, in, in this league, teams that decide to start tanking, when you tank, you don't necessarily always come back that quick. Yeah. You know, how long has Buffalo been in rebuild mode? How long, you know, Edmonton finally started to show some signs of life this year, but what have they done? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you really have to watch it with that. I think that you run the risk of, you know, especially, I mean, if you, the draft is not a sure thing. Yep. You're right. You know, and I think that, you know, you, the, the cap plays into it because you can no longer just go out and load yourself up with free agents and, and overpay guys. Yeah. I mean, if you want to really talk about a team that's got problems too, look at the Leafs. Yeah. They're not, I don't see anything with that team that shows me that they're going to do anything better than they've done over the past two or three years. They don't, I don't try, I don't, you know, and, and they're screwed on the cap. Because they paid Marner and they paid Matthews and, and all that. And now you, you don't have anything left. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I think you've got, you've got to look at it a little bit strate- more strategically, I think, where maybe you, you take the, the chance and you build up your, your farm system a little bit with college players, unsigned free agents, kind of like what the Bruins have been doing. Yeah maybe catch what catch fire in a bottle because I don't think it's really, I, I haven't really seen anything that shows me that, you know, the way that the league has been these days where there's any advantage to making sure you get that number one pick. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that there's, there's more to it. I mean, sometimes you get lucky, but you know, I, if you're going to, you, you have to have it, the guys, the teams that get the number one picks get the number one picks because they suck. Yeah. Right. And getting a number one pick. I mean, like, like I said, per, people complained about, you know, I remember when people were saying in this last draft, when the Rangers got the number one pick that it was rigged. And I'm like, yeah, well, how many more number one picks are you going to give the Leafs and the Oilers to fuck up? Excuse my French. Getting number one picks 
and they keep making picks and getting good players and then not doing anything with it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you, you, you have to look at, I mean, Taylor Hall's on his third team now, I think, or fourth. Uh, he's going to probably be on his fourth team. Yeah. Because there's, he looks like he's on his way out of Arizona. And there's also been talk of a, of a former Bruin making his way out of Arizona. That Which would be would Phil Kessel. Yeah, I wouldn't take him. But I would be interested in seeing Hall. Yeah. I think that you might solve a problem if you if you put him on a decent team, which yep. we still are. He might be helpful. But I, I, Kessel, I don't think there's enough gas left in the tank. No, I think he's done. Yeah. He, you know, so and I, you know, I don't think that I don't admit, I don't regret letting him walk away or getting rid of him. Yeah. As much as I regret seeing Sagan go. Yeah. That's the way I look at that. I yeah. think that, you know, I don't necessarily like the way that they blackballed both guys on their way out of town. Yeah. True. You know, and I think to a, you know, I think they kind of, I mean, another one that comes to mind that way and you could take, could take or leave it. What would things have been like now if Dougie Hamilton was still here? Yeah. Because oh, yeah, go ahead. What would, no. What Cause think? you think about McAvoy and Hamilton together on that That's blue line. Top, that could be a top pairing and it could have been a top pairing for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Well, Lance, thanks again for joining me. Hey, anytime, man. This was so, fun. So, everyone, if you have a question for me, you can tweet me at HockeyNASCAR413, or you can go to my Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. Come on, guys. Come to the page. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy this. This okay? is fun. This you is know? fun. If you guys have as much fun listening to this as I had recording it, boy, it's 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 great, man. Trust me. And if you want to be, like Lan- <laughs> be like Lance and come on with me, you know, just go to the Facebook page, say you want to come on. We'll set up a we'll set up a date and time and we'll get this thing rolling. And yeah. um, this show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and TuneIn. And if you enjoy this show, please subscribe, please, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can all, all I will hunt you down and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> this, so. You know, rate the show on iTunes and you can find us or me at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Hey, Lance, thanks again for helping me out today. Anytime, man. You know, it was fun. You know, I'm running out of topics here to talk about. I mean, I can only talk about Tuca for, you know, for only a couple of minutes. So this is great. But everybody else who listens, you know, come you know, join the fun with me, you know, come on to, um, believe in Boston Bruins. We'll talk Bruins. You know, we could talk anything about the past Bruins, you know, yeah. Bruins of the seventies, Bruins of the, of the, of the eighties, the crappy ones of the nineties. And then we can go, you know, we can work our way up to the two thousands and, you know, we, we can have a lot of fun with that stuff. And looking, looking around this room, I see a, I see a, a pennant there, you know, talking about the 2010, 2011 Stanley Cup champions. So we can talk about that as well. So Lance, thanks again for joining me. 
Yep. Had a great time. We got to do that. We'll do this again. Absolutely, man. All right. And go Celtics, by the way. Yes. <laughs> they have their backs against, I heard that they had their backs against the wall, don't they? They're down. They were down two to nothing. Um, and the, the first two losses were awful. I mean, they blew double digit leads in both games. They just stopped playing it in, in the third quarter. Last night they showed up, they played hard for 48 minutes and they got, got a win. So they're, they're up two to one. They're down two to one. The next game's Wednesday night. Um, they got Gordon Hayward back from injury. I think they can come back and pull this off. I just don't think Miami's got the offense, but that's my, but this, I know this is a hockey podcast, but I had to get that in. All right. He just had to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Lance. My and, pleasure. And everyone, thanks for listening and have a great week and go Bruins. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.